Well, hey, thank you guys. Welcome, and uh, thanks for your prayers uh, this week as uh, Kim and I successfully traveled 2,500 plus miles uh, in five days uh, to go pick up her, her dad in Colorado. And uh, he had some health challenges, and due to those, um, we've as a family decided to move him back here to Ohio. So um, he's a Colorado boy at heart, and so he's going to have to adjust to being here in the flatland, as he calls it. Um, and so as we get things geared back up, hopefully you'll have the opportunity to meet him uh, as we get going, hopefully in a few weeks, the meeting back on Sundays. Um, as they say, the only thing that never changes is that life changes. Um, and we've all experienced that, um, or are currently experienced it, or we will experience it in the future. Life always changes. And these changes, I think it's important to remember, don't uh, surprise God. In fact, He allows them to grow us, uh, which is what what Paul has been challenging us here in the book of Philippians that we've been uh, going through. As Paul's been writing to a group of Christians in the town of Philippi and uh, encouraging them as they're going through difficult times, as he's going through a difficult time uh, sitting um, in jail, literally connected to a, a Roman soldier, Paul's giving this really encouraging letter to these Christians. And um, you know, our, our spiritual growth is a team effort. Uh, it's, it's God working in and through us as we go through the circumstances of life, the difficult ones and the good ones. But as we all know, we learn more when we go through difficult times than when we go through the good times. So Paul, who's going through a difficult time, is writing to these Philippian Christians, encouraging them. It's a, a book really about joy and how to experience joy in the midst of trials. And so we're looking at this and, and talking about, you know, we're isolated, but we're not alone. We, we have God at work in and through us during these difficult times, like the one we're currently going through or, or any of the situations that we go through. And so as we look to Him for strength, as we look to Him for wisdom, uh, as we look to Him for the direction of where we go, He empowers us and encourages us and helps us respond appropriately. We're going to be in uh, Philippians again, getting close to the end here. We've got a couple more weeks, so uh, grab your Bibles and and turn to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at that. And as you do that, um, let me just kind of give you a quick review of where we've been. We've talked about this, again, we're talking about this idea of we're isolated but not alone and, and how we can use circumstances and situations like this to grow. So the first week we talked about the fact that we can grow in confidence. In confidence because we're servants of God. And, and as we serve Him through these difficult times, He then uses those times to accomplish His purposes. And one of those purposes is to grow us, to become more like Christ, to look more like Christ, and so that's the work He's completing in us, but it's also bringing the gospel into people's lives. And so as we respond the way God wants us to, to even the situation that we're currently going through, God can use that in drawing people to Him for salvation. So we want to grow in our confidence of doing life God's way, serving Him in order to draw people to Christ for salvation. We, we can use these times to grow in our unity, and Pastor Tim talked about this, um, that we, we take the focus off of ourselves during these times and we are to put our focus on other people and what they're going through. The, 
The word fellowship there in chapter 2 has this idea of, of going through difficult times together and learning about who each other are, how we respond. Uh, we think of fellowship as sitting down and having a meal together. Uh, but fellowship really means going through difficult times together and learning about each other through those difficult times. And so we grow in our unity as we serve each other, as we encourage each other, and we're learning new ways um, of how to encourage each other. We've got people making phone calls and checking in on people and um, caring for people, maybe in some ways that we haven't done in the past. Then we talked about uh, growing in our influence. And we talked at the end of chapter 2 and that we're supposed to work out our salvation or put our salvation out there for people to see. So we, we shine for Christ in a world that's warped, distorted, and fearful. And, and I hope that during this time, if you're a follower of Christ, I really hope that you're sensing the confidence that comes uh, by having a relationship with Christ during difficult times. Because we do have a purpose. We know who holds our future. We, we know who gives us strength during this time, and we need to be putting that out there for people to see and for people to be drawn to Him. And then... Last week we talked about growing, knowing Jesus. Um, it's humbling, really, when you think about it, that Jesus wants us to know Him. wants us to know Him in a very personal way, in, in an experiential way. And so, last week we talked about this. Paul was talking about how we can know Him, know His sufferings, understand what He went through as we go through difficult times. We know Him in a deeper, more personal way. Um, and, you know, we talked about last week, it's the only way to really do that is to walk in someone's shoes, or in Jesus' case, walk in his sandals. And so we can know what he experienced, at least a little bit of what he experienced in his suffering. Um, and so we're to get up and we're to passionately and energetically pursue him through the circumstances. And I hope, I hope um, during this time you guys have been able to do that, um, to really seek Christ during this time and experience that growth that comes from it. Well, during difficult times, everyone, including me, wants to know what do we do? You know, give me some things to do in order to effectively deal with difficult times, whether it's what we're currently going through or any other difficult time we might face. Well, Paul gives us here in chapter 4, and uh, if you've got your Bibles, make sure you, you turn to chapter 4. Paul gives us some things that we can do uh, in order to grow in our stability. That's what we're going to talk about today. How do we grow in our stability? How do we stay stable during difficult times, emotional times, times where we're not really sure what to do or how to respond? So we're going to look at um, Philippians chapter 4, and just uh, verses 1 through 9. So let me read those for you real quick. Now we're going to look at some of the things, uh, some, again, some very practical things um, that we can put into play in our lives as we look at this situation or any other situation we might find ourselves in. He says this, therefore, now again when you see the word therefore you have to ask what's it there for and it's typically referring to what's uh, come immediately before, so what we talked about last week uh, and in this case it's that plus everything else he's talked about in this letter, but it says, therefore my beloved brethren whom I long to see, uh, <laughs> because again he's in jail, so he wants to get out, he'd love to see these guys, right? So whom I long to see, my joy and crown in this way Stand firm in the Lord. So he's going to tell us some things. He's already talked about some things. He's going to talk about some more practical things and how we can stand firm during times when we're going through difficulties and frustrating times like 
kind of what we're going through now. It says, I urge Eodia and I urge Sintich to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true com- companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement and also the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, if we do those things, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things, as opposed to maybe other things that we could dwell on. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul gives us some very practical things that we can do in the face of difficult times that we face, whether it's this you know, current COVID thing or any other stress, difficult time we might have in, the Lord, in our lives. The first one, he says, is to, to stand firm, uh, to be stable. Again, so let me get back there. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and my crown, uh, in this way, stand firm. So he's commanding us to stand firm. We're in the Lord. So, therefore, again, we ask the question, what it's there for? And, and Paul is connecting this, what he's sharing with us now, with what he just got done teaching us in the previous verses. Last week, we talked about the fact that we need to press on to know Christ, and we know him best when we go through difficult times. And it means to passionately, and energetically pursue knowing Jesus in a more deep and intimate way so we can know him through the experiences that we go through in a, more, in a, a deeper, in a, a more intimate way. And when we run hard after these things, okay, when, we, when we seek God in these things, um, we, we understand who he is better. We understand what he's gone through for us better. And so he says, therefore, because of that, stand firm. It's, this isn't a suggestion, okay? And we, like we talked about last week, this isn't one of several different ways that we respond to difficult times. There's only one way that we respond, and we respond to difficult times the way God directs us to respond. It's the way that we learn the best and understand the most. And so we, we stand firm, and we want to be stable, right, during these times. We, we want to be able to go through difficult times and not be shaken and knocked around. Well, how do we do that? We stand firm. It means to be stationary, well-balanced. It means to persevere. Um, you need to stand in there. When life is coming at you, rather than being knocked back, we want to be standing in there, um, like, kind of like a boxer getting himself ready for a fight or a wrestler getting in there ready for a takedown. We want to stand firm, to be stationary. Um, and the only way we can do that is doing that in the Lord. There's a bunch of different ways that people have how to get through difficult times, but what God wants us to know through what Paul is telling us is that we do this 
in the Lord. All these things are connected to being in the Lord. So it's not my strength. It's not my wisdom. It's not my determination. It's not me looking at the situation and saying, hey, what's the best way for me to maneuver in this situation? It's doing it in the Lord, responding to it God's way. Well, how do we do that? What, what are we to do to grow in our stability, to, to stand firm? Well, the first thing he talks about, starting in verse 2, uh, he's using a couple individuals in the church there in Philippi who are having some issues. A couple ladies who are evidently at odds. Uh, they were once evidently close, but now they seem to be at odds uh, with what's going on. And so, inevitably, all circumstances we go through impact our personal relationships. I mean, even this COVID-19 thing that we're going through, it's impacting relationships with neighbors, with people at the store. Um, again, I'm, I'm one of these Facebook community page junkies. I love to watch what's going on in the on these community pages, and maybe I shouldn't, um, but I do. Um, it's kind of like a soap opera, actually. Um, and it's interesting to watch how people are responding to other people that they see at stores, that they see at the gas station, or in their neighborhoods. And so, ultimately, no matter what we go through, there's a relationship aspect to it. And what Paul is talking about here in these verses, uh, 2 and 3, is that we need to be good spotters. We need to have good spotters in our lives, and we need to be good spotters for other people. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if you're not familiar with weightlifting, my past, uh, it doesn't look like it today, but my past, um, that I was involved in weightlifting. And so one of the things you do for safety is you have a spotter, someone who's going to help you. They're going to push you through the difficult you know, rep, but then they're also going to help you and make sure you don't hurt yourself. And so we want to be good spotters. In fact, I remember I was a freshman in high school, and there was a, a senior who was in the weight room. Uh, so I'm over in my corner, you know, scared to death because I'm a freshman. Um, and I'm working out, doing my thing. And there's, a, like I said, a senior. The guy was six foot four, uh, 245 pounds. He went on to play for Notre Dame and uh, in the NFL for a while. And he had 415 pounds on the bench press. Now, I have that in my mind because he decided to call me over to be a spotter. Uh, so... I'm looking at the bar. The bar is actually bending. There's so much weight on it. And um, he was going to do it a few times. So this wasn't a one-time max. He was going to do it a few times. I think he might have done it, I don't know, six or eight times. Uh, the guy was massive. So I'm there, and he's, you know, fortunately he did it all. I didn't have to worry about it. I just made sure the bar stayed, you know, straight. And uh, the guy did it. And it was awesome. Um, I had kind of a silver situation happen to me. Uh, I was working out. And this is later on in my, my life, um, actually in my 30s. And so I'm working out at the gym. I'm by myself. And then these two high school kids come walking in. And they're messing around. And, well, I take my weight bench, the one I always used. And so I had to go work out on another bench. And so I'm working out, and I have some weight on, not 415 pounds, but I have some weight on, significant enough that when I brought it down, I tore my pectoral muscle. And it was stuck on my chest. Um, so I'm looking around as best I can, like this, and um, I can't see the guys. So I'm thinking I'm stuck with this weight on my chest. But fortunately, they were off in the corner watching me to see if I could actually bench press. But I did it a couple times, just so you understand. I did it a couple times, and then I tore my pectoral muscle. Um, so I can do it. 
Anyways, they came over, and one, you know, one on each end of the bar, and I ended up having to push the weight off myself because they were of no help to me. Um, but they tried. That's all that matters. You know. But in our lives, point is, in our lives, we need spotters. We need spotters for us, and we need to be spotters for others. We need godly people who are going to come alongside of us during difficult times and to help us go through the difficult times. And we need to be that kind of person for others who are going through difficult times. If you remember our series in Galatians off the chain, I think it was back in 2017 we did this. In Galatians 6, it talks about the fact that we're to um, carry one another's burdens, but then we're also to carry our own load. And there's two different words there. The word load is just our, our daily responsibilities, our, the, the daily struggles, the daily issues that we all face. We're supposed to do that on our own. But then in our lives, there are these burdens, these over and above uh, times of difficulty, where as Christians, we're supposed to come around each other and we're supposed to help each other. And that's kind of what we're going through right now. And so we need to be good spotters for others, and we need to find uh, good spotters for ourselves to help us through life. And, and so there's an issue between Iodia and Sintich that was uh, hurting a relationship, but not just a relationship, it was impacting the entire church. People were aware of it. And, and it was impacting not only the church, but how they represented Christ to the community. And, and if you notice, um, as you read through Scripture, everything goes back to the Gospel. Everything goes back to how are we impacting people for Christ. And so, being a part of a church family, going through difficult times, going through what we're going through now, we need to make sure that we're spotting other people and that we've got a good group of people around us who are spotting us and helping us in order to represent Christ well, to get the Gospel out there to people. How you and I respond to each other says a lot to the world around us about who Christ is and how we care for each other and how we uplift each other and how we meet each other's needs. And, and I think our church does that um, in a great way, which I really appreciate our church family. And one reason why I'm looking forward to getting everybody back together here, um, being with everyone. But it, it, our, how we respond to each other during times of difficulty will draw people to Christ, um, and they want to be a part of that. But if we don't respond appropriately to people in need, whether in our church family, in our neighborhood, that's going to push people away from Christ. And so we need, first of all, to have good spotters. We need to be good spotters, and we need to have good spotters in our lives. So whether it's a challenge of strange relationships or other challenges we face, we need people like this true com companion to come alongside to help us. Um, and he uses the word to, true comrade. Now, he's not, not talking in Russian. You know, hello, comrade. You know, he's not talking about that. He's talking about a colleague or a co-worker um, who's going to come along for the sake of Christ, and for the sake of the gospel. The word is sudzogos, uh, and it means colleague, but uh, some believe it's actually a guy's name. So they probably call him Zud for short. I don't know. Um, but Paul's encouraging this person, this friend of his, to come alongside of people in the church, specifically uh, Eodia and Sintich. Um, and so we need people like him in our lives, and we need to be like him to others in our lives as we uh, encourage and spot each other during these difficult times. So we need people. We need uh, to be responding to people. We need to be involved in people's lives. They need to be involved in our lives. 
And then he says this, in order to continue to grow in stability, we need then to rejoice in the Lord. Now, when do we do that? We rejoice in the Lord always. Not just during the good times, but especially during the difficult times. No matter what the circumstance, and especially when things are difficult, we need to remember to rejoice in the Lord. We don't rejoice in our circumstances, necessarily. We don't rejoice necessarily in the pain that we're going through. But we rejoice in the Lord because we know that He is at work in and through those circumstances. Um, but here's, here's, I think, one of the difficult things that Christians have um, when they de- go through difficult times. My, my fear is that oftentimes we don't spend time enough with the Lord outside of difficult times, inside of difficult times, to really understand what it is that He's doing in and through those circumstances. Why He's providing or allowing us to go through those circumstances. If we just take the book of Philippians and we, we understand what God is trying to do in and through us, all these different ways that He's trying to grow us, we then can look at our circumstances and rejoice in the Lord over that. Thank Him for it. To find joy in the fact that God is allowing us to learn what we're going through. Um, so we rejoice in the Lord. We're, we're glad for what we're learning because of what Christ is teaching us. We appreciate that. So with our hearts and our minds focused first on Christ, then we can respond to others as they need. And so the next one he talked about in uh, chapter 5 is, uh, let me get there, is that we then let your, he says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men, the Lord is near. So we rejoice always. By the way, he repeats it twice. So he's emphasizing this, that we rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, but it's emphasis. We've got to focus in that when we're going through difficult times, we need to focus in on what is it that the Lord's teaching us? What is it that we're finding out about who he is, what he wants us to go through? And we rejoice in Him. We find joy and appreciation in Him. But then he says, verse 5, again, yep. let your gentle spirit be known to all men the Lord is near. So the next thing we need to be focused on is being gentle with others. When we're going through difficult times, we tend to not be patient. We tend to be irritated. We tend to be very self-focused. But what we need to learn to do is to be gentle to everybody. Whether we're going through this difficult situation or somebody else is going through a difficult situation, we need to be gentle. It means to, to act appropriately, to be patient, uh, to be gracious. It's like going back to chapter 2, uh, we need to be like Jesus. We don't need to be conceited. We don't need to be selfish. But we need to consider, consider others more important than ourselves. That's what Jesus did when he came to earth. He considered us more important than himself and went to the cross on our behalf. And so we need to be doing the same thing. It, um, it needs to be reasonable and generous. We need to have charity towards others. Um, even if we're diff- having a difficulty with other people, uh, to have charity or love towards them, have mercy towards the failures of others. MacArthur, John MacArthur says this about gentle, it's graciousness of humility. It's Humble graciousness that produces the patience to endure injustice, disgrace and mistreatment without retaliation, bitterness 
or vengeance. And so this, it's this idea that we are gracious, kind, and gentle to others. Now, when we're having a bad day, we love hearing Paul and God tell everybody else to respond that way to us, right? But the point is, we need to be responding to others in that way. So it's easy to say, amen, let's do it. Let's, you, everybody be kind to me. Everybody be gentle with me. Everybody respond to me how I need to be responded to, but then when the role is reversed, it's difficult at times to treat others that way. But This is directed towards you and me as individuals, and we need to look at it first and say, okay, how can I be, in the midst of what we're going through, how can I remain gentle towards others uh, as they need me to be gentle? He says to be gentle to all men, so it's all people. No matter what we're going through, no matter what they're going through, whoever they are, um, some people are easy to be gentle with, even if they're going through difficult times. Other people are not too easy to be gentle with when they're going through difficult times, but we need to be that way. And then he says, we do this, why? Because the Lord is near. Now, there's a debate as to whether this means the Lord is near, in other words, he's coming back soon, or the Lord is near as in that he's close by. And my personal opinion is that, that he's talking about we act this way, we're gentle towards others, no matter what we go through, because the Lord is close by. The Lord is there. Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit, as Christians, the Holy Spirit's in us in order to empower us to respond the way that God wants us to respond to other people. In other words, He's got our back. We don't have to generate our own power and our own energy and our own desire. We just seek God, seek the power of the Holy Spirit in order for us to respond in gentleness to those around us who are going through difficult times. Well, the next one, uh, we talked about a lot. It's in verses uh, 6 and 7. And that is that we're not to be anxious. But it's, it's more than not being anxious. It's not, it's not just not doing something, but it's replacing one thing with something else. And so in 6 and 7 it says, uh, be anxious for nothing. Don't, let, don't be anxious about anything. Anxious has this idea of being tied up in knots. If, if you're familiar with having taffy, um, like at a, you know, a fair or something, how to twist up the taffy. And so he's saying, don't be anxious. Don't be all twisted up emotionally. But instead, uh, in everything, good and bad, everything, by prayer and supplication, not just praying about it, not just asking God, but doing so with thanksgiving. I think that's the key element here, that we're supposed to um, not be anxious, but in prayer, thank God for everything that we're going through. Again, it's not easy to thank Him for the difficult times that we're going through, but we need to because it's through those times that we, as we talked about last week, that we know who Christ is in the sense of knowing Him personally, knowing um, how He felt when He went through the pain that He went through for us. And so we can identify with Him better. We can know Him better, more intimately. So in everything... As we're going through difficult times, we need to be in continual prayer. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. We need to constantly have an attitude of prayer where we're talking with God as we go through the circumstances and situations of our, our life. And, and not just praying about those things, because this is what a lot of us do, I think. We start going, um, you know, let's say it's our bills. You know, Oh Lord, um, please meet our bills. Uh, Lord, uh, we got bills this week, and we got this bill and that bill and this bill, and, and we're not sure if we're going to be able to, and where's our focus? Our focus is on the bills. 
we're talking to God, but our focus is on the bills. What he's saying is, pray, ask for what you need with thanksgiving. So this is where it gets maybe a little bit weird. Lord, thank you that I have these bills. Thank you that I have to trust you to provide these. Thank you that you promised to provide uh, for my bills. Thank you for uh, the wisdom to decide which bill to pay first. Thank you that I can make that decision and trust you to meet the other bills. It's, it's this attitude shift, this thought shift where we're thanking God for what we're going through and the difficult times that we're facing because we know in it we'll know Him better. Again, going back to chapter 3. We can only know God and we know Him best, we know Christ best when we go through the difficult times rather than maybe just going through good times all of our life. And then there's a massive promise here that we can't miss. Doing this is the way we experience peace from God. So it's, um, he's not saying, here's one, of, there's, here's one of many different ways that you can have peace. He's saying this is the way to experience peace. So as we're going through this difficult time in the COVID-19 and, or other situations that we're going through, people uh, not working and there's bills to pay and whatever the stress is in our life, the way that we experience his peace is to do it the way he says to do it. And how he says to do it is, don't be tied up in knots emotionally, but come to me in prayer and thank me for allowing you to go through what you're going through. And when we do that, his promise is his peace is going to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, that has this idea of a soldier uh, who's standing guard over something or someone. And so God's peace is going to stand guard in our hearts and our minds as He then works out the details in our life. By the way, this is another thing that we can rejoice in the Lord over. When we experience that, now we can rejoice in the Lord over what He's, uh, the promise that He's given us, which is, I'll give you peace in times of difficulty, times where you want to be anxious. But then Paul moves on, and he says, um, focuses in on how we think. What are we going to dwell on in our thinking in verse 8? Now, when we, when we go through difficult times, what is it that we, we typically think about? I mean, you have to answer that for yourself. I know what I fight with is I begin to think about the situation, uh, the impact of the situation. If there's people involved, the people involved. I look at the situation. I look at the, the fear I might have, the, the, the people who are involved and what they may or may not doing, be doing to help me. So my thinking is, is the battleground for me and, and how I'm going to respond and, and what kind of peace I might experience out of it. So people usually respond with questions, with frustrations, with irritations, with judgments of others, and that kind of thing. But Paul says here, we're supposed to dwell on true, honorable things, right things, pure things, lovely things, things that are of good repute, things that are excellent, things that are worthy of praise. Dwell on these things. And obviously, dwell just means to let that soak in, to constantly fight to put those things into your mind and ask God to help you um, put those things. It has this idea of mulling over, um, letting the, the thoughts that, are, are, that he describes that are true, that are right, 
that are honorable, to let those just soak into our hearts and our minds. Now, where do we find those things? Where do we find things that are true and, and right and honorable and pure and lovely? Things that are excellent, things that are worthy of praise. Where do we find those things? We find them in Scripture. And so, we need to be thinking correctly. And the only way we could ever think correctly is by being in God's Word on a daily basis. Paul is just basically, you know, kind of regurgitating the same thing over and over and over again in Philippians here. That everything he just got done talking about, if you're wondering, okay, what do I need to do? Go back to chapter 1 and work through Philippians again. Because everything he talks about in Philippians, for instance, is what we need to be doing in our lives, how we need to be responding. That's how we think correctly. Um, you know, if you think about it this way, when Jesus was on earth, <clears throat> he, he thought it was very important to go off and spend time with God the Father. Jesus, God the Son, felt it was important that he would take time away every day in the quietness of the day, sometimes at night, a lot of times early in the morning before anybody else got up, and he would spend time with God the Father. Why? I mean, after all, he's God the Son, so he's one with God the Father, so he knows everything God the Father wants, right? He did it as an example for us. That's what he did. That's what we do. We spend time with God the Father on a regular basis, and we, we grow in our ability to think the way he thinks, to be able to respond the way he wants us to respond, the way Jesus responded. And so we, we spend time like Jesus did in his word, in prayer, and then practicing what he's telling us to do here by rejoicing in him that he's going to work these things out his way to not be anxious, to ask God, forgive me for being anxious, but thank you for the situation I'm going through. Thank you for this difficult time I'm going through. Thank you for this time that I need to continually come to you to find out how I'm going to respond. And then when you do that, you're going to experience his peace. And you're going to be like, wow, I just went two hours without thinking about the difficulties that got in my life. And then you're going to be like, wow, thanks God for doing that. So now you're going to be motivated to continue going to him experiencing his peace as you go through difficult times. And so we, we find in Scripture what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is of good repute, what is excellent, what is that which is worthy of praise. We find it in Scripture, and then we get, begin to put those things and dwell on those things in our hearts and our minds. And then the last thing is this, and if you've been involved in sports or music, or anything else, you hate this one. At least I did when I was involved. And that is, we practice. 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 That's what he's saying in verse 9. The things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. That means over and over and over. And as familiar situations hit you and as new situations hit you, you put these things into practice and to play in your life, you over and over and over, you seek your spotters, you, you call out your spotters for help, and you go and spot others who are going through difficult times, and you, you rejoice in the Lord for whatever it is He allows into your life, and you thank Him for that, and, 
and you, you don't get anxious. Forgive me, Lord, for being anxious. I want to thank you for going through this difficult time. Thank you for what you're going to teach me. And I'm going to respond in truth, and I'm going to respond in an honorable way, and I'm going to dwell on those things. And so we practice it. We, we practice growing in confidence, going all the way back to chapter 1. We grow in understanding that I'm a servant of God, and my responsibility is to serve Him. And as I do that, God's going to do His work in me to make me more like Christ and to help me be more effective in sharing the Gospel. And then I allow the Gospel to be seen through how I live my life. And I grow in unity. I look for opportunities to serve other people in my church family or to serve people in my neighborhood. And so I stay focused and practice and work at being someone who wants to grow in unity. I grow in my influence in the sense of influencing people for the sake of the Gospel. I demonstrate my salvation, my trust in God, in meeting my needs on earth, and I, I represent Him that way and therefore um, influence others. I, I grow in knowing Jesus. So I, I passionately and energetically work towards understanding who Jesus is better. To appreciate the difficult times because that's the best way to know somebody is to go through a difficult time like they went through and have them help you through it. And then we grow in our stability, which we've been talking about, that we put these things into play. These, if you're wondering, what do I do? You know, if you were to come to my office and be like, here, I'm, you know, we've got this COVID-19 thing going on. It's really messing up my life. What do I do? I would be literally taking you to this passage. Well, are you spending time rejoicing in the Lord? Uh, are you spending time um, being gentle with those around you? And knowing that God's there, He's got your back. And look for opportunities to be gentle and care for people. Ask God to give you that strength and watch Him do it. Are you, are you confessing the fact that you're anxious? And are you thanking God for the difficult stuff that you're going through? Knowing that as you do that, He's going to experience, give you His peace. It's, kind of, it's neat because it says in, in verse 9 that at the end of all this, and the God of peace will be with you. It's not like God's giving you this little thing called peace. He's the God of peace, and He's going to give you Himself. He Himself is going to give you the peace that He is. But it only comes when we're willing to put these things into practice. When we're willing to admit, okay, I don't really know how to respond to difficult times like I should, and so I'm going to respond the way God wants to do. And I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to take a step of faith that I'm supposed to respond this way, not the way I want to respond, not the way I'm feeling I should respond, but respond as God tells me to. So some really good practical stuff here in these nine verses as Paul finishes up this letter. We're going to talk about next week um, about how we grow in contentment as Paul finishes out the letter. But what are some of the takeaways from these verses? Well, it's pretty straightforward. Right? Um, for some of us, we need to look for people, fellow Christians, who we know we can count on to be a spotter for us. And to ask them, hey, would you keep an eye on me? Would you keep me accountable? Would, would you go walk through this difficult time with me? We've got to be humble enough to know that we can't go through difficult times on our own. God hasn't designed us. He's designed us to be in a relationship with Him and with others. And so, for some of us, it needs to be, hey, would you be my spotter? Would you help me go through this time? For others of us, maybe we feel like things are going pretty well, and we see other people in our church family or in our neighborhood who are going through difficult times, and we need to reach out and say, hey, how can I spot you? How can I help you through this time? 
For others, we need to be practicing this idea of rejoicing in the Lord and the fact that He's going to do in us. You know, we talked about in chapter 1 that God's going to do um, His work in us. Well, His work is making us more like Christ. And so we need to rejoice in the Lord. Man, going through this difficult time, God's going to use that so that I can think more like Jesus and I can act more like Jesus to people. And that needs to be a great thing. We need to be focused in on that. For others of us, maybe, you know, we got the other two figured out. Um, so maybe it's just plain, I'm, I'm just going to really work hard at being gentle towards others. Those who are going to look for people who are going through a difficult time, and I'm going to purposely be gentle to them in order to represent Christ. And to let them know, hey, the Lord's near. In fact, He's, he's helping me help you. Maybe for others, it's, we just need to be thankful. Um, rather than all freaked out about what's going on in our lives, to be thankful and thank God for what we're going through, knowing that He's got it figured out. He's going to answer our prayer. He's going to meet our needs. And so we are thankful for what we're going through. Others, we need to think correctly. We need to dwell. It means to meditate on it. It means to train yourself to think about the good and the right things God's given us in His Word. And you can just pick apart Philippians right now to find what those good things are. Um, Certainly, the fact that you get to know who Christ is better going through difficult times. And then the last thing, all of us need to do this. Pick out one or more of these, and then practice, practice, practice. We have ample opportunities, right, to put this into practice. And so we continue to work on them. We continue to ask God to give us the strength discipline us to do what needs to be done in order to respond the way he wants us to respond. Ultimately, the goal here is for us to become more like Christ, to represent him well, and to draw others to him for salvation. Well, don't forget, uh, Fremont, Grace Community in Fremont has their 9 o'clock service and 1030 service live stream. So you can go to ohiograce.com and check that out. encourage you to do that. Um, And Lord willing, we'll see you back here next week, 8 o'clock on Facebook. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you later.